Welcome to another episode of Mama Earth Talk. I'm your host, Maris Canal. Realizing just how much waste we generate on a daily basis, I've set a personal goal not only to reduce, reuse, and recycle, but to also educate the world about sustainability and how each of us can help preserve our beautiful planet. Thanks for listening. Let's dig in. Hey, crazy birds. I hope you guys are doing well. Today, we've got an amazing guest for you. He's an architect turned digital conservationist, content creator, and podcaster. During this episode, we found out how our guest actually defines what is a conservationist and why having a conservationist tribe is important to us as well as the environment and also how you can start making a difference right where you are. Crazy birds, without any further ado, I would like to welcome Blaine Edwards. Hello, Mariska and the crazy birds. How are we? We're very well. It's so lovely to actually have you on the podcast and, you know, you've been doing some amazing work. I'm going to just like dig in and like ask you, how did your sustainable journey actually start? Because it is quite a journey. Yeah, it's a bit of an unconventional one, I think. Um, I think my official sustainable journey kind of is quite new. Like I think I would say mid last year is where there was like an official start. And I'd say that I'm probably still in the process of starting. Like it's not past tense, I'm still starting. But I chose that time because that's when I committed to starting my podcast and to creating more conservation-related content on social media. But to give a bit of a background context, my background is in architecture. So I went to architecture school and then graduated and spent a bit of time in the construction and architecture space. But kind of felt like in that experience that there was a bit more to my life than maybe the built environment. And so when I moved to Brisbane last year with my girlfriend, I started to rethink potentially what my life could be like. And I explored this idea of conservation because that's always been a passion of mine. And I saw there was potentially a problem that I could address through the communication. There seemed to be a disconnect between the science and the public. So I was like, okay, I could potentially help with that. I know how to create content through architecture school. So I was like, let's just give it a go. And I started my podcast and yeah, that was a bit over a year ago and it's going pretty well so far. Wow. That's fantastic. And I mean, you've already achieved so much. And I think there's still some of the crazy birds that also don't know that my journey kind of started very similar to yours. You know, I obviously studied interior design. It's it's funny how there's more and more designers and architects actually coming on the sustainable journey, which is great because hopefully we can see more sustainable architecture and having that go through everything. So that's quite cool. But yeah, so you are the founder of the Conservation Tribe and you are really building such an amazing tribe for conservationists, not just in Australia, but globally as well. How would you actually define what is a conservationist and what inspired you then to actually go that step further and to start a tribe? That's a great question. 
For me, I like to try and keep it simple. And for me, I define a conservationist as someone who acts intentionally to protect wildlife and the environment. So these actions can be small and large actions. They could be from for-profit and non-for-profit. It's the full spectrum. If you are acting intentionally to try and help the environment in some way, to me, that would be a conservationist. And I think that is an important distinction because then that opens the door for a lot more people. And there are so many environmental problems to solve that we need as many people as possible working to solve those problems. And then so the next question was, why did I start the tribe? Yes. What inspired you to start it? So the inspiration for the tribe was I wanted to, I guess, build a community that promotes that full spectrum of conservationists. Because when I started this journey, I was there was a bit of like imposter syndrome. I was like, I don't have a science background. I don't have any friends in this space. And I'm starting a podcast. Like that was something that I needed to wrap my head around. And I came to this idea that I could be a conservationist. It may look different to a field biologist or someone that's working in the field, but I could still play my role. And so when I came to that realization, I was like, okay, all these different conservationists deserve a voice and a platform to, I guess, connect with other people and to share their work. So that was the idea for the tribe, was to build a diverse tribe of conservationists and support the full spectrum. Oh, that's amazing. And being on a sustainable journey for me, something that I obviously with COVID now, just moving from Dubai to Australia, you know, I still kind of felt that, you know, I don't have that full tribe yet here, which I had in Dubai. You know, we were so many amazing conservationists just like working together for the greater good. And, you know, if someone needed help with something, there was always this group kind of supporting. And, you know, if you were doing a talk, you had these amazing people just like being there for you all the time. That's what's so cool, which I found with your platform as well, because there's just so many amazing people and they don't have to be in your country. They don't have to be in your city, but You know, just like sending a DM to some of the amazing people that you've got on your tribe and, you know, asking a question, whether it is someone that is doing conservation work in South Africa or some of the other amazing people that you've got on there just to connect and to also learn from each other. And it's just so amazing to have that tribe. So good on you for creating that. And I'm super excited to be kind of part of that tribe as well. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the great thing about the internet, right, is the, the big benefit of the internet is the ability to connect humans at scale. So I have friends offline, obviously, but none of them are really into the environmental stuff that I'm into. Like I may start a conversation about elephants and they're like, bro, like, let's talk about something else. <laughs> but online, I can find that community that are also wanting to have that conversation about elephants. So it just opens up uh, more opportunities to connect with like-minded people. So I try to harness that, leverage that side of the internet and try and do good for it. Because obviously the, the internet, social media can often have a stigma for influencing for the wrong reasons, but I think there's no reason why we can't influence for the better. Definitely. So conservation, it's such an important topic. And I mean, it's something that, you know, we can probably be spending hours and hours just talking about 
how important it is. But if, you know, we can just like have a think about our crazy birds and just tell them why should we all do our part to kind of help to protect our environment and also the conservation of it? There's a number of reasons why I think conservation is important and specifically for human action. One would be related to the fact that humans currently are the most influential species on the planet. And I think with that level of influence should come this level of responsibility because we have humans have invented and implement a range of technologies. We have factory farming, we have cars, we have plastics, we have all these things that humans created that influence for in a way that is negative for the environment. So I think one important reason is the fact that because we're so influential as a species that we there is this level of responsibility. I don't know if that's that's more like a philosophical take, but that's one that I think is quite important. The second is more practical, and that is conservation is important for wildlife and the environment, but it's also important for human beings. Humans need oxygen, we need food, we need water, and this comes from the environment. And it's quite difficult to for human species to be healthy if the environment is unhealthy. I think that's quite important to be aware of, like human action or humans in the environment, they don't operate in isolation. The action of a human affects in some way the environment and vice versa. So, yeah, from a selfish point of view, conservation is important because it's important for us as human beings. And as it's probably not the most romantic reason, but I think it's probably the most important because it really addresses that selfish part of human nature of this is important because it's important for me. And so I find that's that's probably the most practical way to to try and influence decision makers is by addressing you should conserve this ecosystem or this animal because you're going to benefit or your country or the economy is going to benefit from doing so. Exactly. And I think a lot of people don't really realize how important this is. You know, we we talk a lot about climate change and the effects that it's ha- that it's having on the environment. And a lot of people are like, yeah, yeah, but, you know, that's not so important. You know, the environment doesn't really matter. And you get all of these like haters and climate deniers and everything. But, you know, when you really think about the planet is going to adapt, the earth is going to adapt no matter what we throw at it. It's actually us that's not going to, you know, so if we don't step up and, you know, make changes and do what's good for the environment, we are the ones that's going to suffer from this. And I mean, you can see now, you know, there's more and more fires happening and it's affecting the environment and it's also affecting us. If we don't make a change now, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. Yeah, I agree. And and the problem is, and it's unfortunate, it's, it's to do with time scale. So these consequences are often... Obviously, we're seeing bushfires and stuff now, but a lot of the drastic consequences are going to be seen in the future. And because it's in the future and it's not currently affecting us drastically, it makes it harder to kind of really act on it. You know what I mean? Mm. It, it's it's less tangible if it's in the future, but it shouldn't be because that's your children and that's your children's children. And exactly. it's a, like a bit of a cop-out to... um not consider these things just because it's not affecting you in this moment. 
Exactly. I definitely think we need to kind of look out for the future and the future generations. And yeah, so we need more conservationists to actually join the tribe. So definitely hope we can find more. So Blaine, you don't just have the conservation tribe. You actually have another Instagram account, which is called Earth Offline. So if our crazy birds go in there, and I'm going to link it up in the show notes as well. So guys, you can check it out afterwards as well. They're going to find a lot of maps on there. Can you tell us more about these maps? The maps are kind of like an intersection of a few of my interests. So I've always, always loved maps. <laughs> Even as a child, I'd read like atlases and there were some atlases where they had bumps on the pages for the mountains and that just always fascinated me. I would even read like um, road maps before Google Maps was around. I know I like the visual component of a map. It was visually intriguing, but it was also practical. So I like that combination because I'm quite, I'm quite practical as well. The second interest would be obviously conservation in animals. I always have loved animals and I always read like animal, like encyclopedias. I'm a big nonfiction kind of guy. And then the third interest was this design part. So I like to design things and create things. And, you know, that's, I kind of fostered those skills at architecture school. So these maps are kind of like a combination of those three things, combining a map with animals and then trying to present it in like a visually appealing way. The purpose of them though, is to pretty much what I do on the maps is I map the range, the geographic range of certain animals mainly and mainly in like endangered, threatened species. And the hope is, A, to give them exposure because it's hard to want to protect something if you don't know that it exists in the first place. And putting it on a map, I find, makes them more real. It's like they live in Kazakhstan or they live in Australia. I also live in Australia. Like it's, it makes it a bit more more tangible and more real, I find. Maybe that's me, but... Yeah, so that's, I guess, the story behind behind the maps. Oh, that's so cool. And I mean, I've even discovered some really cool animals that I did not know existed. <laughs> you know, some of them are really, really critically endangered. Like with some of these, I think it was, you had on there the Hawaiian monk seal. And, <laughs> you know, there's, there's literally only like 600 of them, 600 and something, I can't remember. Not a lot. It's yeah. really not a lot. And a lot of people also don't know. I mean, if you, if you just think about the great white sharks, you know, we hear about it and we think about movies like Jaws and oh, they're just terrible. But actually, if it wasn't for these animals, you know, we would not have a healthy ocean. So if we kind of take them out of the equation, we don't have healthy oceans anymore. And, you know, their numbers is also just declining so, so much every single year. And it's also known or has become known now that, you know, some of the sharks that we are actually counting in South Africa, and then we count sharks in Australia, it's actually the same shark. They just like to swim <laughs> very far distances. So, you know, we actually don't really know what is 
the exact number of some of these great whites. So it's so important for us to get educated about some of these species and try if we can stand up and fight for for them to be protected, then it's so, so worth it because, you know, it's protecting their species, but it's also helping us, you know, to protect our environments as well. So I think once people kind of make that connection, it makes it easier for them to, you know, really stand up and think like, oh, I go into the ocean. That's like kind of the shark's house. If the shark come into my house, then, you know, we can talk and we, we've we got a problem. But if I go into their house, you know, it's their territory. You need to kind of respect them as well. Yeah, I think that's that connection is really important. It reminds me of a quote. I can't remember who said it, but you protect what you love. I'd like probably extend onto that and say, like, you love what you have experienced. and in order to have the experience, you need like this exposure first. And these maps in a way, this rate, like creating these podcasts and stuff like that, this is at that beginning of the chain. It's that exposure level. And then hopefully from this exposure, that leads to like more meaningful experiences related to this topic that could lead to you loving it. And then from that love, you are more inclined to protect it. So yeah, it's, is acknowledging that sequence, being aware of that sequence and trying to provide value at each of those chains, yeah. links of the chain. Yeah. So true. And I mean, definitely we need to get more connections out there. So crazy birds, try and see this week. If you can actually go and experience something that you haven't done in nature, just try and find a connection or reach reach out to someone, someone on this conservation tribe and say hi and ask a question that you might not have known before on a certain topic as well. We've just talked a little bit or mentioned you've got a podcast. I would love for you to just tell our crazy birds a little bit about your podcast. The name of the podcast is Conservation Tribe Podcast. The podcast and the community is kind of the same name. So just like the objective of the community, the objective of the podcast is, I guess, to give that community a a voice uh, and to share those stories and to share the stories of all of them, you know, not just a particular type of conservationist. Like I've had students on the podcast, world leaders in their field and on the podcast, artists, like, because I think it's important to embrace the fact that there is a range. That's like the objective of the podcast. And also from a practical point of view, which I think could be quite valuable to some people, it may not be super romantic or inspiring, but I started the podcast because one of the reasons why I started the podcast was when I decided to try and make a career in this, I didn't know anyone because I didn't have any background in anything eco-related. So I knew that if I was trying to make, if I was going to make an impact in this space, I needed to meet people and I needed to meet people quickly. And so the podcast served as like a, a networking tool as well. It allowed me to meet people that I otherwise wouldn't be able to meet. So I would recommend people to start a podcast because especially if you're in the eco space, because we need as many voices out there as possible. Definitely. I mean, for me as well, having the podcast, I've met so many amazing people that I would normally not, you know, have the opportunity to meet. And 
be in the same room as that people. So yeah, it's, it's been, for me, it's been a phenomenal one. And I mean, you've had some really cool guests on your podcast. One mm-hmm. of probably my, my most favorite person, and I've been following him for some time is Dr. Evan Anton, I think uh, you yeah, pronounce yeah. the surname. Yeah, so yeah. And I mean, he's, Obviously, girls, you know, and guys, if you, you <laughs> know. A, he's a good-looking bloke, he, He's a sure. very good-looking bloke, and... I think you got voted world's sexiest vet, like, um, like four, four different years. Oh, yeah, wow. He's, he's a good-looking dude. Yeah, and but he does amazing stuff. So he's obviously a vet, and, you know, some of the work that he's been doing in South Africa, obviously, I'm from South Africa, so that was really, that kind of resonated with me with the rhinos, and... It was just great to kind of see how they kind of approach these things. So I would definitely encourage the crazy birds to go and check out that episode and I'll link it in the show notes as well. But I mean, you've interviewed amazing guests from all over. Who would you say really inspired you? And if our crazy birds have to head on over to your podcast and listen to that first episode, who would that be? That's a really difficult question to answer. <laughs> Obviously, as you mentioned, Dr. Evan Antum was a was a good one. Leif Cox as well was a good one. You, you've uh, interviewed Leif. That was really interesting. It's very philosophical. So if you're quite a philosophical type of person, that would probably be a good one to listen to. But one that I really resonated with, I think, was um, one that with Selenge. So she works at Elephant Voices. It's this amazing organization based in Africa, Kenya. They've been researching elephants for, I think, over 40 years. And her parents actually founded that organization. But it was a really unscripted type conversation. And we explored this idea of like conservation and animal rights and the relationship and the differences. And yeah, I don't know. It was, it was, and she shared some really amazing stories of the elephants, and it was quite really honest. And you could hear the emotion through her voice. And so, yeah, that kind of, I'd, I'd probably recommend that one as well. But it's hard to pick. <laughs> yeah, I totally get you. But I'm definitely going to link those up to make it easier for our crazy birds to go and have a listen to those ones. I've obviously been so inspired by so many of the guests that you've had on. And yeah, some we've had on our podcast as well. So it'd be good to, to see, you know, from a different perspective as well. But yeah, so obviously it is just really, it's it's so clear that, you know, conservation is important and, you know, it's important for us to kind of find our tribe. And I mean, geez, you've, you've just like over the last year, you've done quite a lot for someone starting in. So kudos for that. And, you know, I'm really excited to see what you're going to do in the next year. And hopefully, you know, we can catch up again in the future. So we've just said, you know, some amazing stuff in the last year. And also leading up to making these decisions. But what has been one of your most important decisions that you have made around Mama Earth? That decision would be that decision to to start the podcast, I guess, and, and make this transition. Because that was a hard decision to make because I've invested all this time going to university, spending all this money. And then to go through that experience and then kind of pivot like quite a big pivot, was quite hard, but I felt like it was the right decision. Um, so 
that decision has importance, I think, for Mama Earth because what I'm doing now, I think I'd be able to make more of an impact for the planet through this new career. So I think that would be probably the most important decision I've made was this idea of trying to align my career more with something that is environmentally beneficial. Oh, wow. Love that. And for everyone kind of listening to this as well, I mean, we kind of started out, you know, both, I mean, I studied interior design, had nothing to do with the environment. I've always had like kind of a passion towards, you know, going to the beach and seeing nature, but it is sometimes hard to take that step because, you know, if you kind of, you've spent years studying something, I mean, there's been a lot of money that went into getting this degree. And now it's kind of like you feel sometimes you backtracking and you're like, whoa, Mm. you know, I don't want to do this anymore. And, you know, I just want to say to, to all of our crazy birds out there, you know, it's okay. If you go through something and you decide, listen, I'm doing a 180 and I'm totally changing my career. Don't ever think the stuff that you've, you've learned was not valuable or, you know, you're never going to use it again because there's so many lessons that I learned through, you know, sitting up until 3am coloring stuff and, you know, doing certain, Mm -hmm. certain aspects that I've really taken this through to what I'm doing now, even though I'm no longer really working in interior design and with architecture, but, you know, there's certain elements that you do take with you, but, you know, in the end of the day, it's really about, doing what is best for you. And if you feel that, you know, you're passionate about sustainability and the environment, then, you know, find a tribe and see how people can support you and find out what it is that you really want to do. Cause there's nothing worse than looking back at your life mm. and thinking, I should have I made should that. Have done that. <laughs> I should have done that. So yeah. guys go and do it. If it's something you're passionate about, go and do it. So yeah. that's kind of, you know, my two cents of the day. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's daunting, right? Like it's one thing I'd say as well is which helped me was not looking at it as a backward step, but more as like a pivot, because like you said, a lot of these things that you have learned in this previous job or previous experience, that is transferable to this potentially new path that you're on. And because it's transferable, it's not really a a backward step. It's more you're just changing direction. So I think that way of thinking helped me make that move. And then, like you said, one big driver for me is when I'm a lot older, fast forward a few years, I don't want to look back and regret not giving something a go that I truly believed in, especially if when, when I thought about it, I knew that this could be potentially something that I could find purpose in without going too deep into what I think purpose means, because that could be a whole podcast. (laughs) But the fact that I acknowledged that, I knew that if I didn't act on that, that I'd regret it more because I was aware of it. So yeah, but pivot, pivot, not backwards step, pivot. (laughs) I I love that. I love that. So yeah, just pivot in the direction you want to and just don't look back that you know, looking back, it causes neck pain. So don't just look forward. <laughs> go, go for it. Go all out. <laughs> so, Lane, we are going to move into our final five. First one is: What is one social media account or publication that you follow? I think a good one would be 
coaching for cause. So just like the conservation tribe, it's a community of people that are passionate about this stuff. They have experience and expertise in this specific niche and pretty much they're there to help people within that niche. So that'd be a good recommendation, I think, for your crazy birds. Awesome. And what is your hope for Mama Earth going forward? My hope would be for humans, like I mentioned before, the influencers of the planet currently, (laughs) bring it back to like a social media influencer type thing. I'd like humans to understand the complexities of, and you touched on it before, like everything's connected. You know, this shark serves a role in the health of that, that marine ecosystem. And I think the more we're aware of this idea that everything is connected, I think it'll put us in a better position to act in a way that's beneficial for the planet. Um, but I think that's a big thing is just being aware of that complexity because I, everything is connected. And with concept that I've that I stumbled upon this year was being a intersectional environmentalist. And for me, that just means that, you know, everything is connected. So environmental issues are related to social issues and related to all these different things. Everything feeds off each other and impacts each other. And as I think humans like to simplify things because it just makes us, it's easier to process all this information, but it's dangerous to try and simplify something, a problem that's intrinsically very complex. And these mama earth problems are intrinsically complex. So that's what I hope would be that we start learning more about the, um, the complexities and the interconnected nature of mama earth. Awesome. And what advice can you give our crazy birds this week to help out mama earth? What I would do some real practical advice would, this is what I would personally do, is I'd hop on Ecosia, so not Google, Ecosia. I would type in simple ways to live more sustainably, click on those first couple of links, find an action that you could turn into an eco habit. So something that you could integrate into your lifestyle in a fairly non-friction, seamless kind of way, and just give that a go. So this week, try and find one of these items that you think you could turn into an eco habit and give that a go. I love that. And what is one sustainability fact that you like to use in a room with people not yet on a sustainable journey? I don't know if it's a fact. It's not like a specific fact, but this this idea that consumers have power, I think is a big one that I often bring up at parties. This idea that, you know, what we buy, um, the whole supply and demand model, what we buy is effectively demanding the maker of that product to make more of it. And some of these things that are made are detrimental to the environment and to animals, wildlife. So, yeah, the fact that consumers have power and consumption has a lot of impact and just making sure that we're consuming in a way that is you know, minimizing that impact as much as possible. Definitely. And I mean, yeah, we vote with our money every single day. So we don't just vote with our voices and that actual vote that we, you know, go out on election day and vote, but every single day, whether you're clicking and you're using your credit card online or whether you actually, you know, spend money 
that is saying, you know, yes, I want more of this product or, you know, yes, you know, drill more version materials out of the environment so that we can have something that we can just use and throw away. So it's up to us, you know, if we go and we say no more, I'm no longer supporting this, then, you know, companies might think of changing because they like having customers and like having people buy their products. So we just need to get them to make actually products that we would be proud to buy. 100%. And where can people actually find you, Blaine? The best option is probably on Instagram. That's where I spend most of my time online. So my Instagram is, so I've got two accounts. So my main personal one is earth.offline. And then my conservation tribe is at conservation tribe, the website as well. So earthoffline.com. Awesome. And I'm going to link all of that up again in our show notes for all our crazy birds. You can just go there and click and connect with you directly. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. I had such a blast talking about you, about conservation, and it's, it's just always a pleasure. Thank you very much. And thanks for the, all the crazy birds for listening. And that's a wrap. Huge thank you for our amazing guest for being on the podcast and for sharing their journey with us. You can find the show notes of this episode on the mamaearthtalk.com's website. The biggest thank you goes out to all of you crazy birds for listening to the podcast. If you have not already listened to all of the episodes, you can go back to a few of them. You will absolutely love them. I really enjoyed recording every single one of them and I really hope that you enjoy listening to them. There's over a hundred episodes so if you feel a little bit lost on which one to listen to next maybe select one of the episodes with guests that you might want to know more of and start from there. If you enjoy the episodes why not tell a friend about the podcast and maybe share an episode with them. Let them know that we are here and we are waiting for them with open arms and they are all very welcome to join the crazy birds globally. If you have a question for me, please send them over. The best place would probably be a DM on Instagram at Design by Mariska or pop me an email at hello at mamaearthtalk.com. If there's a particular guest or topic that you would like to hear on the podcast, let me know. I love to hear from all you crazy birds. New episodes are uploaded every second Monday, so make sure to subscribe that you do not miss a thing. Mama Earth has a voice and it's us crazy birds.